Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and today we're discussing games as an art form, or maybe art form as a game. So what's up, Brett? What uh, what's had you picking up your sticks lately? Hey, thanks. Um, well, uh, as you know, I am I got kind of a head cold this week, so listeners, I apologize if I sound you know terribly different. Uh, here lately, I've been playing a ridiculous amount of Space Engineers, but I know that you and I both played something over uh, the winter break here that was just absolutely amazing for us both and that was the platformer gree yes which is spelled g-r-i-s right um which is not is not how it sounds <laughs> it's foreign <laughs> it's not american so um yes gree uh is a 2d platformer uh i guess you could say on on steam Mm-hmm. Uh, is it on any other platforms? I actually didn't check. I can look that um, up. Um, I don't think so. I'm only seeing it as a Gree thing, or sorry, as a Steam thing. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Yep. Oh um, no, no, here it is. Platforms. It's on Switch, PS4, iOS, Windows, and Mac. Oh yeah, no, there you go. Oh, so yep. So yeah, which is cool because it is. Um, it's something that should be experienced by everyone. So that's awesome that it's on that many right. platforms. Right. Um. Yeah, so I I don't even know where to start because <laughs> it's it, 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 and I don't mean to make it also like you know this thing that it that I'm also not trying to be hyperbolic like it did right. really blow me away. It is also a very short game, right? So there's Correct. there's trade offs, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I had a buddy that had introduced me to it, and uh, and I played it. I played through most of it in a single setting sitting i should say one evening and uh yeah it's just it's 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 really really impressive i i um it's it's impressive in in a variety of ways i think it's impressive in its level design i think it's impressive in its art visual art and i think that the way that it blends those two things with the music and the sound is I don't know. It's it, it really is. I, I've just I've never seen anything else executed at that level. I in, think it's uh, it's of a way. Right. I think a lot of it is really just in the amount of polish that went into everything. Yeah. Like, it's easy to see in a trailer or in five minutes of a, a let's play or something that it is artistically very well done. Mm-hmm. Like you can see screenshots of it and be like, yeah, that's a very pretty game. I mean, that's what I thought when I saw it. And uh, originally, I had. I mean, I'd seen it a few times. And didn't pick it up until you had said, hey, like, you're playing this. Just do it. And once I got in, it was – it's just stu- – like you said, it's just stunning. It is difficult to describe the amount of polish that goes into every detail. So it's not just the the art that's very good, but it's all of the tiny little background things. Like, there is a different – kind of footstep noise there's i don't even want i don't even want to guess how many different types of footstep noises there are but maybe 30 (laughs) like i don't know it's ridiculous like everything you walk on makes a slightly different sound and it's not just one sound they're all kind of contextual and have variations in tone and stuff so like it, it and just everything has that amount of of polish to it like 
like you said, it's not just the art or the sound or the contextual music that changes depending on what you're doing, but it's like the level design is that well polished. The game mechanics are that well polished. Like it's, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Everything is, is like you said, executed to such a high degree. We originally, when we were started kind of playing it first talking about it, had thought that it had to be one person doing all of it because it is so unified. Now it's not, it's all, it's a whole studio. Wow. Really? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a decently sized studio. Um, and then published by De Devolver Digital, yeah. but like the credits, there were a fair number of people in the credits that had worked on it. Um, yeah. But I, that's even more surprising because it does everything flows. Everything looks like it is ma it is one idea executed flawlessly. Yeah, well, there's like, like it, it, and you know, when I first talked to you about it, for example, I was like, I don't know, man, it's doing some things with platformers that I don't know that I've seen before. Well, right. turns out I actually just haven't been up to snuff on all the platformers in the last decade because. I don't play very many consoles. Um, I I have played all the way through Rayman Legends, I think it is. That's the one that combines Origins into it on PC. Oh, yeah. So that game is excellent. Like, yeah. I loved Rayman. Um, but that's really probably the only modern, at least AAA level platformer. And I played Super Meat Boy as well, you know. Um, I don't know, I've played platformers, but I, I guess really where, really where I'm going is I haven't played Mario in a decade. <laughs> right. Um, and I did. I recently went to Colorado for a week and, and had periods of downtime here and there. And I brought my 3DS and I bought the new Super Mario Land, I think it's called, which is actually from 2011. So it's not a yeah. new either. Um, and a lot of a lot of the stuff that, that Gree did, um, Mario also had. So I'm sure lots of other games do. Right. Right. Uh, and not that Mario is the the standard bearer for platformers. There's lots of really great platformers out there, but, um, but yeah, Gree just it like there there are over and over again it happened to me where I would like walk into a room, and you you walk past like the whole game is you walking past super gorgeous scenery, right? And and you walk past it, and I'm trying trying to you know figure out where to go next, and I kind of hit a wall, and I'm like. I'm not really sure where I would go. And I go back the way I came and hit another wall. So it's like, right. okay, it's not going to let me backtrack. So clearly I need to, and then it turns out that the scenery that was making up this beautiful background that I walked past actually is interactable. Like you can actually right. line, like there's one scene um, that I, I hope I can describe it appropriately, but whether it's like kind of like a wheel with like yeah. different spokes. Mm -hmm. And like when I first saw that, I didn't realize I was going to climb up those spokes. You know right. I mean? It just looked like a piece in the background. It looked yeah. like that kind of, because the whole thing had windmills in the background. And mm -hmm. uh, so it just looked like a, another one of those, but bigger. Right. And, yeah. It, and that happens. Well, and there's, there's things that, so there's a, there's a section, another section where, um, which I didn't, I didn't pick up on. And, there's like a little guy that follows you for a bit and yeah. you get him apples. Yeah. Well, I got stuck in a spot where like there was three trees and I was just jumping around and I was like, well, this is dumb. I don't know what to do. Like, I can't go anywhere. This is, I can't. And I, and I got a little bit frustrated and then 
it took me just kind of slowing down, taking a step back, analyzing my surroundings, and realizing that when I jumped on one of the trees, the apple jiggled. That I didn't even see before. Like, I knew he was eating one. It shows you eating one earlier, but I didn't see and make that connection. And so uh, then I was like, oh, yeah. Then you knock the apple out of the tree and things move on and you get to go. And I was like, it, it's it's not a fast-paced platformer, Mm-mm. but it is a precision platformer to, to some extent. It's not super Meat Boy precision because mm-hmm. um, there's no, at least as far as I've seen, there's no failure state. Like, there's I'm no pretty doubt. sure it actually says that on the the okay. page on Steam. Um, but go ahead. But yeah, like so, so you're not worried about being fast because you're worried about dying. But there are some tricks that, especially you know, in in the first couple of I guess levels, they they don't really do boards the way like a Super Mario would or something. But the first zone, I guess, is fairly simple. Um, but as you progress, it'll start – It. it's not that you have to tie a lot of abilities together because you get abilities as you go. And you don't have to chain abilities together, but you may have to make several pretty precise jumps consecutively to get through an area. Yeah. Um, I, I – yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I definitely, there were a few parts where I, I actually had the exact same experience you did with the apple tree thing, where I was like, what am I supposed to do? And then I was like, oh, block stomp on the tree. It knocks the apple down. Little right. guy. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm actually just going to, I'm just going to read the store description page of it because that will help, I think, provide right. more context. Um Gree is a hopeful young girl lost in her own world, dealing with a painful experience in her life. Her journey through sorrow is manifested in her dress, which grants new abilities to better navigate her faded reality. As the story unfolds, Gree will grow emotionally and see her world in a different way, revealing new paths to explore using her new abilities. Gree is a serene and evocative experience, free of danger, frustration, or death. Players will explore a meticulously designed world brought to life with delicate art, detailed animation, and an elegant original score. Through the game, light puzzles, platforming sequences, and optional skill-based challenges will reveal themselves as one of Gree's world, as more of Gree's world becomes accessible. Gree's an experience with almost no text, only simple control reminders illustrated through universal icons. The game can be enjoyed by anyone, regardless of their spoken language. So, again, like, that's kind of the context of it, right? You're not a plumber going through pipes. You're not whatever Rayman is. I don't know. A Rayman, I guess. Rayman. Yeah, you know, it's it's none of that, and it's not it's not silly in the way that those games are, no, um, or cute in the way that those games are, and it's also not punishingly hard, or, I mean, Super Meat Boy is cute and funny, but it's right. also kind of morbid because you're right. without skin, <laughs> spikes for hours and in, um, but so it's it, it's not like those it's it's not similar to those games in that way at all, um. I will. I will say to to your point. You know, it says in that description, the the experience is free of danger, frustration, or death. It it's definitely free of danger or death. Mild, very mild frustration at a few parts, like you said, when you didn't really know what to do. Right. However, what I found with it was that, like, I found every time I got frustrated, I what I realized I was doing was I was trying to apply for lack of a better term like 
gamer thinking like oh okay developer what are you trying to do to me right it turns out they're never trying to do anything to you right and if you just take what they give you you'll always progress if, right. you, if you most of the time if you slow down and just observe everything in the area that you have access to mm-hmm. you will fix it, it and and walk on everything and it'll show you well and it does a really good job of of doing what i said earlier where when i got confused and tried to backtrack pretty quickly it'll stop you yeah you can only go so far right so you don't get into a scenario like i have in some games where i end up going way back to the beginning yeah and it turns out that i just missed the lever that was going to let me go further that was right in front of me you know so um but so the way it kind of works you know like brad said you get different abilities throughout the game um but there's i think four zones in total and maybe a fifth kind of uh i guess or something there's kind of the starter zone and then yeah there's four other yeah so you you basically though the the world when you get to it initially is all gray scale and then you unlock the first color you unlock is red and so then what it does is it goes in and fills the world with the parts of it that should be red right and then you continue as you un- as you go through the different zones you continue to unlock more colors well and and each zone is a color like the red is kind of a desert and mechanical world uh you know green is like a forest but it has some red in it as well and so like they the colors do add up it's not all just like solid it's all watercolor so so red is not just it's every shade of red in this very fluid right kind of you know liquid paint And, and it I guess like it had a little bit of like what dreams may come in there sure kind yeah. of you know the 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 movie and but it was also it was it was great how emotional it was and how deep it was like it says without really saying any word the only words that you get is like hold a when you first get an ability or something you know right right um and and it it was so like and especially because so I've played through the first two colors so like red and green um, and then I stopped because that's I took like two hours to get there and maybe like an hour an hour and a half and I stopped and was like I want my wife to play this because it's beautiful it like it said it didn't feel very punishing um, there weren't a lot of failure states it was pretty simple controls pretty simple platforming. So I was like, this is something that she can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, we've talked before, she's not a super big gamer, but, you know, she plays some games. And and I was thinking that that might be something that she would enjoy. Plus, just the art was something that I, I had to share it. I, I Kind of like you right. coming to me is like, once you see it and play through a, just a little bit of it, you just feel like it's this experience that has to be shared. It's something, it, it's not that it does anything new but it does new things because it pushes the bar so much higher. The new thing is the, 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 the amount of polish that goes into it. Yeah. Well, and you know, you know, obviously what we talk about here is why gaming matters. Right. And we've talked about a lot of different things as to, to, you know, whether like gaming's helped us in a, in a life coach capacity or uh, allowed us to spend time with friends socially via the game. Right. Or a, a wide variety of, of different reasons that it matters. But when I played this, when I got done, I was 
I mean, I, I, I just, I said, I was like, this is why I wanted to do a podcast about why gaming, like this game right. embodies why I want to do this podcast because you just get experiences like this sometimes that are just so, so outside of, of expectations. Um, I've played other games that don't have, well, I've played other games that are supposed to be more exploration-y type games that don't have failure states and are supposed to be artistic and, um, and not that there aren't other good titles in that vein or whatever, but I've just never seen one that, that gripped me the way this one did. Like it was just, it's just amazing. And the music, which it's so hard to verbally describe music, right? But the music is so, so well done. And well, it's, it's, it's the same thing that Doom 2016 does, which is contextual changing music, yes. except instead of metal, it's like flutes and very light i wouldn't even say symphonic more orchestral like very Mm -hmm. very light almost almost ambient but not it's still very emotional it still has very strong melodies but there's not a lot of it's very ambient in tone it does not push you like again it nothing pushes you in the game so there's not like a heavy drum beat making you want to run you know like Mm -hmm. it's outside of a couple of portions it just conveys it i think the best way that i could describe it is like it is a living art museum of kind of one artist like if you go to an art exhibit and you see like one artist and all of their different paintings if all of that was like you walk into the art museum on one side and they usually progress you through an artist's style or whatever as you go through an exhibit if all of that just was a video game, like you walk in, you get handed a controller and you play mm-hmm. through the exhibit to me, that's, and, and I mean, I cried by the end and like, I knew I was going to, yeah. I knew, I knew when the game started, I was like, Oh, it's this kind of game. I'm going to cry like a baby. Aren't I? <laughs> and, and I did. And it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but, and all but of that it, clears without dialogue. Yeah, no dialogue. dialogue. It doesn't tell you some story that's sad. No, like that's not why it emo- evokes emotion. Right. I didn't. I didn't cry because the dog died. Like right. <laughs> it, it was. There's no dog that dies. Yeah, just no by the way. Yeah. <laughs> just to be clear, that doesn't happen. But that's, that's, that's a that's a cliche way to do it. You know. Right. 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 Old yellow. Um. But yeah, no. It, it was not that. It was. It was because it was beautiful. It was because of how it layered. It's because. I, so when I originally started playing through it, I thought that Gree was going to mean grief. Like, I knew it was probably foreign, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't look up anything on it. I figured probably grief because she seems depressed, right? Mm-hmm. And when my wife started playing it, uh, getting to about the same point that I had gotten, she was like, oh, I get it. Gree is gray in Spanish. And I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense because the world starts out kind of black and white and and you fill it in with color as you go along. But it it, it was about that time that the difficulty of the game did shine through. So about halfway through the game is where you start getting... She didn't have too much trouble with most of the early puzzles. There were a couple of things, like you said, the background being interactable was something that she definitely missed and you know because it does the thing where like when you walk like say you say you're walking left to right and you pass an angled line that's going the opposite direction right 
going from right to left up. Well, when you walk past it left to right, you don't collide with it. Right, you just walk in but front of it. Right. If you jump, then, then you land on it, which is yeah. a common, is a common thing in platformers. That's not unique degree, but the way it's tied in with the art. Yeah, it's not it, it's not as distinguished. There can be parallax background elements that you may because it, they don't really push. And and in some areas there I did start noticing that like usually if you can stand on a block it may have like a bolder white line around it. Like if it's a black mm. line it'll have like a layered little double layer of white. It's kind of hard to see and they don't do it with everything, but in some of like the red section I swear I, they noticed that doing that more. Mm. But it, it, it just is some some background pieces, some foreground elements can be very large that you walk through or walk behind. Mm -hmm. And they're not really colored differently. It's not it's especially in the early game, it's all very uniform. And so you, you don't know what's background and what's foreground. But I, I think I liked it because it encouraged that exploration element, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that I didn't like is that you didn't know if you were doing a challenge puzzle versus just missing, like having to do something to go forward. Right, right. So so the wife and I got stuck in an area where you had, right after you get the double jump um, or a little bit later, you, you have to make like six jumps in a row across these trees. And some of them are like kind of invisible. And, and it, it was a really difficult, like I even failed. Like she failed several times and she was getting mad. She was like, here, take the controller. I played and I failed several times. I'm like, okay, this is kind of difficult. And then we just realized that if you keep walking right, like you just go to another area. Like that was just a challenge coin thing. Mm -hmm. And we were both kind of frustrated that because <laughs> we, we sure. just got stuck there for like 15 minutes, you know? Right. Um, but even though the game did get harder in some sections, the thing that I really loved was that um, my wife stayed interested. Mm. So, like, there's a lot of times where, you know, if I'm playing a game or something, she'll come in and watch for a little bit, you know, if Minecraft or whatever, and just kind of, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? Show me what you're building or whatever. Uh, but then, you know, she goes and reads a book or something or, or goes off. And, and we pulled this, I pulled this one up on the main screen in the, the TV in the living room because it's very beautiful and, and worthy of being on the big screen, you know? Mm -hmm. That's but, <laughs> yeah. And, and instead when she passed the controller to me, she just kept watching. Like she didn't check her phone. She didn't look at Facebook. She didn't look at text messages, Snapchat, nothing like, and I asked, I was like, do you want the controller back? She's like a couple of times. She was like, yeah. And then as it got further into the blue zone is when things start, they start kind of layering the complication. And she's just like, I think I just want to watch you play. Cause it's just, I want to focus on looking at things. You can focus on making jumps. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I think one thing that it does really, really well, um, even though it does have points, I mean, I, I got, I probably had to retry one section towards the end where like you, you basically are, are having to do the double jump, but the world is like divided in half. Mm -hmm. And so like the top is like upside down and like reverse gravity. Yeah. And you have to like double jump so that you go into the reverse gravity, but mm -hmm. then land on a platform in that. It's very close. Right. To or like jump once through the gravity and then double jump a second time after. Yeah, there's. Right. But again, it's just like for even like mild to moderately experienced platform players, um, 
I don't think it's anything too difficult. Um, no. for, for as a beginner, I thought it was going to be a little bit more beginner friendly, and it is for the first probably half of the game. Um, but it then it then throws some challenges that were kind of unnecessarily difficult. I think like I feel like it could have used a little bit more like kind of forgiveness mechanics. But again, most of the time that I think that is ended up being challenge things. There just wasn't any differentiation between what's a challenge and what's not. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Well, so what I was going to say is that I think that it does a really excellent job of, of introducing a variety of mechanics and introducing like, like that double jump sequence I described where I'm like jumping and then switching gravity and then hitting the double jump and going back into the first gravity well that I was in or whatever you want to call it. But that's the only one. Right. Once you do it once, like very few of the mechanics did you use more than a couple of times. Well, they they just don't overstay their welcome. Right. And, And what so many games want to do is, and not that it's necessarily bad, but it's just different. What so many games want to do is introduce you to a mechanic and then slowly ramp up your mastery of that mechanic, and then eventually present you with the most, you know, not the, the most, but a very title. complicated, yeah, version of, okay, now demonstrate your mastery by... Right, doing, doing all of it. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm Like, you know, Total Departure, but <laughs> yet another game that I got to the very end of and then quit because I was mad would be Majora's Mask, the Zelda okay. game for 64, the second one. So in Majora's Mask you get the ability to put a mask on and then play a little song and then you can leave a shell of whatever mask. Per- so like you put a mask on of a, a bird person. I'm just making things up, right. but let's say a bird person. When you move away, the bird person statue remains where you were. Okay. So they, they build in puzzles where you have to like leave the bird person statue on switch a while you physically go stand on switch B and right. then it opens the door. Right. Well, the very end of the game is this really long, tall tower where you have a bunch of different switches that you have to activate and you have like three or four masks. Right. And I'm not real bright, so I had to use a lot of trial and error to try and understand how to get through it. Except every time you want to do the mask thing, you have to play the song on the ocarina. Uh, and that is like a 10 second animation right? that you can't skip. And I, I eventually was just like, you know what? I just, I don't care enough to, because I'm going to have to trial and error this for a while. Right. And I can't take watching this animation well, anymore. It, it, it remi- like Gree reminds me a lot of, have you seen, like I haven't played, but I've seen a lot of playthroughs because the speedrunning community for it is just beautiful of Celeste. Uh-uh. Okay, so Celeste is another platformer. It does a lot of the same things that Gree does, especially with like so when you're swimming through the water and doing the boost things. There's they're called dream blocks in Celeste that is essentially the same thing. But Celeste is like, I guess I, I could also say for you, Celeste is like Gree meets Super Meat Boy. Mm. It is very difficult and very punishing and very technical, but also very pretty and very interesting and kind of lighthearted. Um, but it, 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 it's, it, it, that's basically, it's, it's more punishing. It's, a, but a lot of this, the, the platforming elements are similar. So like if you have gotten anywhere in Celeste, then Gree probably won't, again, the frustration Gree won't come from the jumping difficulty. It'll really probably more often come from just 
you're not used to being aware of your surroundings in a platformer as much as you think you are. And and right. it's, it's taking that time to stop and breathe and take everything in and then go, oh, like, I mean, you know, again, the wife and I got stuck in a, another section just before the one that you were talking about with the gravity zone where the whole world fades after a little bit. Like you have to hit a timer and then it yes. shows up and then it fades. Yes, yes. Well, we were doing the section correctly. It's just right at the end of it. There's a spot where we were supposed to down smash through the ground and we didn't see it. And we just stayed because it, because in every other zone where that's used, it, it looked different because in this zone, it was crystalline. Like the art was actually still the same. It was just crystalline. So we weren't used to seeing it because normally it's like rocks or something. Mm-hmm. And it was, we got stuck there for a long time and got frustrated. And the whole reason that we were frustrated is because we didn't stop. Right, and I and I think that that's something that you don't see a lot in any game is a game that requires you to stop for a minute, mm-hmm. and maybe in like a like a Metroidvania like puzzle game, I guess. Yeah, could be kind of close. I think puzzle like, games probably probably lend themselves to that kind of, but that's because you're trying to solve a puzzle. Whereas in this, it's not really a puzzle. I mean, it kind, kind of is of, very, very puzzle light. Yeah, very yeah. confined. Like there are some puzzle. <laughs> yeah, there are some there are some mechanics that lend themselves that take a while to figure out. But once you figure them out, then it's like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. Well, so the other thing that I actually have thought of and I hadn't considered before we were having this conversation is that for a long time I've tried to understand like what's the one fundamental thing that that determines if it's a good game or not. Right? Any game, any genre, any platform. What's the one thing? And the answer that I've always provided, and the only thing I've ever been able to come up with, is that ultimately it's about making interesting decisions. Right. And and whether that be in Civilization, or whether that be in Mario, or whether that be in anything, it, it's ultimately it's about the interesting decisions that you make to interact with the game. But I don't actually think that that holds up for Gree, because Gree is not really a game of interesting decisions. Like you feel like you're exploring. But like I said, you can't really backtrack very far because it will, you know, put a wall to block you. So it's actually a pretty linear game, right. but it somehow masks that even it, when you know it. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, the, it does an incredible job of masking it to the point where you can still feel anxiety and panic in a situation where you can't die. Yeah, no, right, exactly, exactly. Well, and so that's my point is that you feel like you're making decisions or exploring, but you're not really. So that that doesn't really hold up then. And I don't know. It's like it, like you said, it's it, it's kind of like going to an art museum as a video game or something. But for for lack of a better way to explain it, it it's just it's it's just it's maybe the most artistic game that I've ever seen. Right, and not just in art style, but in in level design and in and again, it's yeah. just, the uniqueness is it's almost how much they throw away because not only do things not overstay their welcome, but some things are, are there just for one or two boards and that's it. And you never well, see them okay. again. You feed the apples to right. The guy, like, yeah. Never roll in the game. Mm-hmm. It's just that one level he's around for. A bit. Well, and there's so much, there's so much curiosity in the world and so many things that you would think are like Chevrov's guns that aren't. Like the octopus guy in the rock that you free, mm-hmm. like, and goes and gets in a bigger rock and moves it for you. Never again. 
and it, and it looks like you're discovering something. It feels like you're figuring something out about the world, and you are, but it, you're figuring it out literally about the world, not about the game. Mm-hmm. Because that never is. That's not a gameplay element that ever comes back. Yeah, and it, it just feels like it, it's not that they throw it away or waste it, but it's like there's so much time spent creating that very fluid artistic motion and this very deep connection to something that never comes back. Right. Yeah. You know, it's um, and honestly, you know, I think that it might be a scenario where if the game was 20 hours long or even 10 hours long, I don't know if it would hold up without being more challenging because I don't know that you would want to keep going through this Mm -hmm. without, without it being more engaging mechanically. Um, I don't know, but it doesn't need to be right. Like it's, it's wonderful. Exactly how it is. Like I don't, it was longer. I don't wish it was harder. I don't wish anything about it was different. No, and I think total game time is probably between, what, one and a half and four hours? I mean, I don't think you can really speed run it, but if you hit every jump on the first time, maybe one and a half to two hours. Yeah, well, and maybe because if you listen to this before you played, now you'll know that you can jump on the wheel spoke. Cause right. Where <laughs> maybe 10 seconds to be like, oh, it's this, you know. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I looking on Steam, I mean, I have myself and then you played it and then we have another friend that played it. I'm at three hours. However, I did not do all of the challenge coin stuff. Neither I, did I. I think I missed yeah. a lot of it, actually. You were at five hours. And that's one and a half playthroughs. Right. Oh, because you started over with two. Yeah, cause, and, and it doesn't let you, it at first you only have the one save game. So oh. when I, re- I restarted, it came up was like, you're going to have to start from the beginning. And I was like, it's worth it. Yeah. So because then I can just let her play for a right. portion of it. And, and you know. yeah, no, that's smart. So yeah, five is, is one and a half playthroughs. So, yeah, my other buddy okay. has six hours, but he has I don't know if he has every achievement, but he has more achievements than I do. So I think gotcha. he got more stuff than I did. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's not a long game, and I guess in multiple ways it doesn't overstay its welcome, right? Like the mechanics don't overstay their welcome, and the game itself doesn't. In fact, it, it's it, it it hits that perfect sweet spot where, like, I would play Gree two, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and again, I think that the even you wouldn't probably be as impressed with the art if there was so much of it that it again just became kind of the norm it never it was never the norm yes and and so it was always fresh it was always unique everything you touched and interact with interacted with you and there was so much there's just so much depth in something it's a lot closer to like it's not a walking simulator it's not like an interactive movie it is definitely a platformer Mm -hmm. um but it is it is a like I just feel like it is the art museum of platformers. Like it's just so good. Yeah, well, and I found it interesting. You know, like I said earlier, I played Mario and then played it. I played it before Mario, but um, it had been a long time since I'd play, sat down and played a Mario platformer game. And in both experiences, I found myself just just delighted. Like. With Gree, I actually was shouting at the screen, are you kidding me, on multiple occasions. <laughs> I couldn't believe how beautiful and cool it looked. Um, yeah, it was. there were several moments between Tiff and I, too, where it was just like, 
are are you for real like that's animated that has <laughs> not just animation but a unique noise and like there were ga- like audible gasps and just like no go back go back run just walk walk past that again like mm-hmm. what in what game do you want to like backtrack just so you can walk over something again yeah very few especially a platformer like you may stop and take a look around at a skyrim skybox or something but to your mario bit i mean mean, the wife also said that uh kind of made mention halfway through that it was like this is like mario on super crack (laughs) like and just and she meant that about everything like, it's more just, like psychedelic Mario. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just because it's not like, it's not fast or right, rugged yeah. or, you know, whatever, or erratic. It, it's very, um, it's just, yeah, just very gorgeous. But, but with Mario, I also found myself just like giggling with delight because whatever formula they have figured out for 30 plus years now with Mario is just a delight generator. Like it's ridiculous how fun and whimsical and cute and all of that. The, the Mario world is right. And it's, but it's so totally different from Gree. So it's like, in, it, I, I got similar experiences where I'm like just genuinely pleasured by playing the games, but for totally different reasons, you know, cause Gree, like I said, not cutesy, um, yeah, doesn't not whimsical in that in that kind of way. But I, I, the reason I'm the reason I'm, I keep bringing it back to Mario, I guess, is because it's like Mario is kind of like the again. There are other games that are, are, are comparable, but it's kind of like the the dare I say like the standard bearer for whimsical, cute, fun platformer time, right? right? Yeah, and and it 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 executes it so well like it knows what it wants to be and it does it really right. really well and Gree does the same thing it's very different right, just from a different perspective right but it executes it now i don't know if they have a formula i don't know if Gree 2 is any good or if it exists right. ever, but, but, <laughs> um but yeah it's just a, just a, a very high level of execution um and yeah, I, it, it's something that I can, I absolutely cannot recommend enough. Yeah. I, and to be fair, we have not really spoiled the game. No, um, you can't. there's, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of, well, and there's some stuff that we kind of haven't touched on at all, but there's, it's an experience. Like it's, it's not something that I think you even, you could, you could talk about everything that is in the game and somebody would think that they've oh well i've i've seen i've heard it all then and it's like yeah but you haven't experienced it so yeah i mean i would still play it and i don't know if you've ever seen this movie but um there's a movie from i think 2007 or 8 maybe maybe earlier than that um but it's called the fountain yes Um, yes it's directed by darren aronofsky Mm -hmm. um, who directed requiem for a dream the wrestler um, that Noah movie with Russell Crowe that came out a few years ago. Aronofsky is an incredible director, though. And The Fountain is a, it's a really cool movie on its own, like just the, the, the premise and the story. There's It's basically these two lovers that are around each other in like three different eras, and they kind of like pursue each other throughout time. And it's very fascinating. Right. However, outside of all of the plot and story of that movie – it is single-handedly the most stimulating visual thing I've ever seen yeah. in a movie. It is gorgeous. 
because what he like they do things like they show like there's a lot of the movie takes place in space and so they show like all these really gorgeous nebulas well i saw behind the scenes actually where it's not actually film of space what he actually does is they take a petri dish and create chemical reactions and then film with a really high resolution camera those chemical reactions at a very close level and it looks identical to star nebulas and that sort of stuff um oh wow and Gree is just kind of, I mean, not that Gree <laughs> uses petri dishes and chemical reactions, but it's gorgeous at the same level that, that the fountain is. And if you've ever seen the fountain, that will mean something to you. If you haven't seen the fountain, then now you have two things to fill your time with. You can play Gree and you should watch the fountain and you will be better off <laughs> for well, doing I, I also think that in some ways Gree kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Waking Life as well, which I don't know if you've seen that one. I haven't. Um, that one is a movie about dreams and kind of life and death. And it's really like 20 short interviews with different philosophers mm-hmm. of all different kinds, like from nihilists to, you know, kind of more well-known people to just kind of more uh, rationalists or whatever. But it's all, it's all live action filmed, but then each uh, piece of film was hand painted over. Um, and each conversation is in a different artistic style. So, you know, as this character, there's kind of one main character moving through maybe dreams, maybe life and death, you kind of don't know. And each conversation has, you know, people that are performing animated kind of hand signals, or if there are certain ideas that they're kind of talking about, those can get painted in, in the background or kind of happen. And it's a very beautiful movie. It has kind of that watercolor kind of style. Um, But it's a really, really interesting film. I'm trying to remember there's the Darren Aronofsky thing kind of keeps teeing off my, and there's another movie that's done um, in that style, but is more of just kind of a, a, like a futuristic movie. Hmm. Um, I can't think of it right now, but waking life is really, really good. And, and again, now you have three things, two movies in a game. <laughs> right. Right. See how much we give you people. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, like I said, I, I mean, Gree is an amazing title. It's also not very expensive. Full price 17. If you wait for a sale, I think I got it for nine, uh, something like that, but it's not, it's not expensive. So while it's a short game, I know for some people that's a huge deal is does the length of a game, have to equal the cost of the game. Um, I actually don't really subscribe to that sentiment. I, I did when I was younger, but not not really now. Because case in point with this, now I guess it, it would be fair. I don't think I would like to pay sixty dollars to play Gree, right? Like no. that would be a little too expensive. Um, but I think you know twenty is adequate. Yeah, twenty and under is fine, and, and yeah. again, it's under twenty, so it's definitely it's definitely worth it. And um, I, I would be shocked if any of you had never heard of Gree before this, and then you go play Gree. I would be shocked if you weren't in the exact same boat we find ourselves in right. when you're pushing it on people because it's just so cool. It's yeah. just so cool. It is, it is everything that I didn't know that I wanted. <laughs> right. And, and right. again, it was one of those things that I wouldn't normally have bought myself because like the art did look cool, and I don't know if I even watched the trailer, but I'd seen some of the animation – um, and I, and I you know, saw the screenshots and yeah, it looked great. Uh, I don't normally go out and look for a platformer, but it, I guess I, it just didn't realize the experience that I was going to have with it. 
I didn't either. I mean, it was only because my my other close friend suggested it and was very adamant about trust me, just do it. Um, and then I did, and I'm pretty sure I actually because I'm pretty sure it was Christmas Eve was when I played it. And I'm and it was like three in the morning when I stopped, and I'm pretty sure I just went and bought it and gifted you the copy. Correct. Right then yeah. at three a.m. because I was like, because I, I and I know you're not a big like you're not a huge, you know, you're not trying to have people give you stuff all the time, mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, eh, he can be mad if he wants. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it's also bad to have people dictating to you like, hey, oh, you yeah, have, you have to play it. Now. Yeah, but I I was pretty confident that. Uh, that it would be a successful, <laughs> a successful <laughs> it, it definitely was and I am it's kind of one of those pay it forward things where I'm trying to think of which person would be most fitting for me because I, I plan on buying a copy for somebody else and mm-hmm. like I want I want the right copy to the right person and it'll, it'll right. show up and, and it'll happen so that's all for our episode today we'd love for you to join the discussion and tell us what inspires you in games by tweeting your thoughts to us at P-U-Y-S pod. And who knows, if your tweet inspires us, we might discuss it on air. If you like this episode, please rate, star, thumbs up, or review us wherever you're listening. It really does make a difference and helps us be more discoverable. And if you want more of Walker's insights, check out his other podcast, The Walk Show, everywhere where podcasts are found. Hey NFL fans, Dak Prescott here. Want to spend Sunday afternoons with your favorite teams and players? Switch to DirecTV and get NFL Sunday ticket included at no extra cost. I'm talking every live out-of-market game, every Sunday, no matter where you live. So switch to DirecTV to get the 2020 NFL Sunday ticket season included at no extra cost. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Out-of-market games only. Requires choice package or above. Minimum $74.99 a month before discounts. Prices higher in second year. Regional sports fee up to $9.99 a month applies. 24-month agreement, activation, other fees, terms, and restrictions apply.